Listener Production. Hey, hey, everyone. It's Antoinette Latouf and welcome to this extra episode of The Briefing. So you've got your tickets, your passport, you've packed your bags and you're on your way to the airport for that well-deserved holiday. But you've forgotten one crucial thing and that's travel insurance. So you quickly jump on the web, do a quick comparison and sign up. But did you read the fine print? I know, I never do. I'm far too impatient. I get bored so easily. But what actually happens when you do have an accident or get sick or robbed or all of the above when you're abroad and you have to use that insurance? Thankfully, that's never happened to me. I know I'm one of the lucky ones because just last week, Aaron Coop was surfing in Bali when he had a major accident and his mate Shane got a call just after it happened. Because he did lose a lot of blood. And if he hadn't have had that bandage put on like tight, there's no way he would have even made it down to Cooter into the hospital. I'm joined by listener journalist Alistair Kirkby, who caught up with Shane and he's also been looking into travel insurance. Alistair, thanks for joining me. Uh, Before we jump into this story, which sounds really dramatic, have you ever had to use travel insurance, Alistair? Yeah, so just recently I returned from a trip in Europe and my bags went missing twice. So was without clothes for a week or so, had to put the claim in, spent about 500 bucks and uh, luckily got the bags back eventually, but took a couple of weeks to get the money back into my account. And did you read the fine print before you'd signed up? Or Thankfully, I did read the fine print and I was going through the product disclosure statement furiously on some dodgy Wi-Fi in Montenegro to try and <laughs> figure out what I was entitled to. Well, thankfully, things worked out for you and it wasn't too serious. But there have been a couple of recent stories like that one in in Bali, uh, where travellers have had to rely on online fundraisers when their insurance haven't paid out. And research from consumer advocacy group Choice last year uh, might actually reveal why this is the case. So just under half of us actually read the product disclosure statement of travel insurance. I know I don't. And about 45% of us just skim read it. So let's talk about this recent case in Bali, Alistair, because you did catch up with Shane, who's mates with Aaron, who found himself in a pretty bad way. Yeah, Aaron, or Ezra, as he's known to his mates, was going for his usual morning surf in Bali when he had a bit of an accident. Here's Shane describing what happened. He's had a standard surf in the morning at six o'clock. It was low tide, going down the line really fast, and the wave tubed. He got inside the tube, and the lips hit him in the head. It's a shallow break, so when the lips hit him in the head, he hit his head on the rock bottom and face planted into the reef. So the accident itself is was quite horrific. A lot of bleeding. His nose was all hanging. Well, I believe it was hanging on by a thread. Gosh. So luckily for Erin, yeah, there were there were people around who were able to lend a hand. There was one Australian that actually knew how to torn it, not torn it, but compress the wound, stop the bleeding, because he did lose a lot of blood. Okay, so did Erin have travel insurance? Well, here's the thing. They'd signed up for what Erin's wife says was comprehensive, top-level travel insurance for 12 months. Here's Shane again. They just said, well... We've got insurance for 12 months, but in the small writing down the bottom, it actually says that you have to be in Australia after 60 days and then leave Australia again. Okay, so it sounds like they didn't do that in and out of Australia to qualify that for that insurance. So what happened with the medical bills and how much were they? 
Erin had to have emergency surgery at a local hospital, which cost around $19,000. And then he had to be medically evacuated back to Brisbane, which cost another $6,000. So all up, it's cost around twenty-five grand. Wow. And how were they able to pay for that? Well, luckily, Shane, who was back in, in Oz, organised a GoFundMe for his mate. We'll just make sure we can help by doing a GoFundMe page and we'll sort this insurance thing out later. And she was like, oh, that that's great, brilliant, if, if you don't mind taking care. So I took the stress off it with that. God, it sounds like we all need a friend like Shane to help us out when we're in trouble. Yeah, and Shane even told me about another friend he had over in Bali who also needs to get back to Australia. He has insurance, but the insurance company is acting too slow. And when you're in a country like Bali, like they say it's not third world, but if the population and the amount of doctors that are there, it's really difficult and very slow to get the help that is, is needed or required. So it'll deteriorate, but then you need to get evacuated straight back to Australia because Australia has the best help, right? Oh my gosh, this all sounds super stressful uh, and the sort of thing that can happen to anyone. But short of us all finding a mate like Shane, who's going to bail us out of trouble, what can we do to avoid being in, you know, finding ourselves in this situation? Um, So you caught up with a travel expert on some of the things to look out for. That's right. It got me thinking as it doesn't really sound fair. You, You do the right thing by signing up so you're covered. But actually, as we've discussed, who who reads the fine print? So travel expert Jody Bird from consumer advocacy group Choice says in most cases, travel insurance does pay out, but sometimes it doesn't. Travel insurance is an essential if you're traveling overseas, but getting the wrong travel insurance is almost as bad as um, no travel insurance at all. Okay, so there must be some common things to look out for when you sign up before going on that trip. If you have an existing medical condition, you need to declare it to the insurer. A lot of insurers, if you don't have an Australian motorcycle licence, they won't actually cover you to ride that moped in Bali. So that's quite a big one where people get caught out in, they might get in a moped accident and then they find that they're not covered in hospital and they've got to foot a big bill. Now, I don't know about you, Antoinette, but I'm partial to a cocktail when I'm on holiday. Ditto, cocktail or three for me. Here's what Jody had to say about drinking and travel insurance. All travel insurance policies will exclude cover if if they think that the claim came from um, you being influenced by alcohol or any other kind of a substance. Um, This can obviously be tricky because quite a lot of us like to have a drink when we go on holidays. It's one of the best things about going on holidays for some people. And um, unfortunately, if you have an accident and the travel insurer thinks that you um, had that accident because you had too much to drink, they're not going to cover it. And if alcohol is involved, the link some insurance companies will go to is actually quite extraordinary. We have seen people, um, for example, have gone, okay, I'm going to um, keep my drinking to the resort um, just, you know, to play it safe rather than um, go out and about and get in in a bit of trouble. Um, And even then they've fallen down some stairs and and had some um, an accident and the travel insurers have done things like look at the the bill that um, they had at the bar and tried to work out how many drinks that the um, the person had. So some of them will go to a lot of extent to do that. Um, It is um, quite annoying. God, it is quite annoying. I'm taking notes. So what, I, what I'm hearing is either don't drink too much or at least be mindful of not having a paper trail of how many rounds you've had. That's right. Paying cash. However, <laughs> your travel insurance can still come in handy if they don't pay out. If you find that your travel insurance isn't going to cover you, then yeah, a lot of people will end up starting a GoFundMe page or something like that. Even if your travel insurance doesn't cover you, sometimes they will actually still help you to find a a decent hospital and um, give you directions on um, where to find a, a medic and that kind of thing. 
Oh, the kind-hearted insurance industry. So Jody has this advice for when you're planning your next holiday. And as is with most things, the devil is in the detail. Really just have a think about what you're doing on holidays and have a look at your policy and make sure that you'll be covered for that. Okay, that's a, a lot of handy tips. Um, Alistair, do you, have a, do you have a holiday coming up where you can apply this? Well, hoping to go to America next year, but uh, I'm going to take all the necessary precautions I think I can before I leave. That was Alistair Kirkby from the Listener Newsroom. Safe travels, Alistair. And perhaps most importantly, make sure you've got the right travel insurance. And just generally, guys, read the fine print before you leave. If you still can't be bothered, there's help out there to wade through all of those tiny details. But that is it for today's episode of The Briefing. You can join Jamila on The Weekend Briefing as she chats to Hannah Ferguson on feminism. And you may be familiar with Cheek Media. That's a social media news and analysis page that's just going from strength to strength. And Hannah has a new book out now. It's called Bite Back. And that will no doubt be a fascinating chat between two powerhouses. 